Welcome to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast, an integrative health podcast by Center for New Medicine. We created the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast as an extension of our mission to educate and empower individuals along their health journey. This integrative health podcast will bring you in-depth expert interviews on a plethora of health topics. Tune in bi-weekly for interviews on how to create a non-toxic lifestyle, integrative approaches to treating complex health concerns like diabetes, Lyme's, Hashimoto's, Crohn's, adrenal fatigue, mental, emotional, and spiritual health, cancer prevention, early cancer detection, integrative cancer treatments, and so much more. Through the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast, we hope to provide cutting-edge, science-based information you can use to create a happier and healthier life for you and your loved ones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast by Center for New Medicine. I'm your host, Leanne Lindsay, and on behalf of the entire team here at Center for New Medicine, I want to say welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are all so ecstatic to be able to bring you even more life-changing, integrative health information through this avenue of our new podcast. This first episode is with none other than our founder, our medical director, Dr. Lee Aaron Keneally. But before we get into that interview, I wanted to just share a little bit more about the podcast so you guys can know what to expect in the weeks to come. So podcast episodes will be released every other week and they will be in-depth interviews with our practitioners here at the center diving into any number of topics as you heard in the intro We really want to use this as an avenue to bring you very in-depth science-based information. So most of these interviews will be 45 minutes to an hour of us going through hopefully every little question you could have around a certain topic. And of course, we would love to hear the topics that you are interested in learning more about. And you can connect with us through our social media accounts, through our email. There are links to all of our social media channels as well as our email and our phone number listed in the show notes below for you to easily find. And speaking of show notes... Our practitioners or any external guests that we'll have on the podcast oftentimes reference supplements, books, websites, articles that they find very helpful. And so we always include links to those in the show notes. So if you are listening to this on a podcast app, you can see the show notes there or you can go online to our own webpage and read the show notes for each episode under the podcast tab. Now into today's interview with Dr. Learen Keneally. This one, the whole team here at the center is so excited for this because Dr. Keneally has spoken on so many podcasts, documentaries, docu-series, and so we are all very familiar with much of her story, but we all agree that this is probably one of the most in-depth interviews she has ever done. She gets very deep and personal about many of her very serious health struggles, things like PCOS, infertility, hormonal imbalances, miscarriages, scoliosis, spinal surgery, and even a pituitary gland transplant. 
And then she dives into what is integrative medicine? How is it different from conventional medicine? And how did she get to founding the Center for New Medicine and the Cancer Center for Healing? What distinguishes these two integrative health clinics from other clinics? And we dive into some of the different treatments, the practitioners we have here, the diseases we treat here, as well as Dr. Keneally's three favorite treatments. So again, an incredibly in-depth interview with her. We cannot wait for you to listen to this. If you do enjoy this interview, please share it with someone who you think would find it informative and consider leaving us a review on whatever app you may be listening to this on. The more reviews it has, the more people the podcast is shown to. And so by leaving a review, you are helping more individuals discover this potentially life-changing information. And with that, please enjoy this interview with Dr. Lee Aaron Keneally. Okay, well, Dr. Keneally, welcome to your own Be Perfectly Healthy podcast. Thank you, Leanne. It's great to be here and great to spread the news. Yeah, this I think everyone at the center is so excited to be able to share even more life-changing information through this new podcast outlet. Before we dive into integrative medicine, the center, Cancer Center for Healing, Center for New Medicine, can you give us a little bit of your personal background, your medical degree, and then how you shifted from conventional medicine into integrative medicine? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a long story, (laughs) (laughs) but I think it's an important story to understand my transformation where I am today. And, I, you know, there's always something that happens to you to instill a passion or a purpose. And so I'm one of six children. I'm number three. And when my mother was pregnant with me, she started bleeding. Hmm. So, of course, like any person would do, go to their doctor And their doctor says, oh, we have this medication that will help you keep your baby and uh, stop the bleeding. So sure enough, my mother followed directions. And 16 years later, my parents received a letter. I come home from school and they said, oh, Lee Aaron, you took a medication. I took a medication when I was pregnant with you. And now there are some side effects and consequences of that medication that we need to address so some of the side effects and consequences were cancer in both male and female offspring and hormone problems anatomical problems other kinds of uh, issues in the body that create like infertility all kinds of things and every single person it manifested differently depending on where in utero you were exposed to it, mm, right? Okay. So so depending on first trimester, second and third, you're in all these different times of development. And so it's going to manifest itself, obviously each person individually, just like other diseases manifest. So if you're of a genetic, you know, you're getting all this different information. So I was told to go to a cancer institution to begin to get evaluated and checked right away and I was only 16 oh, I've wow. never even had a pap smear really never had a physical exam because 
luckily my mother was a very proactive mother in teaching us well not only educationally but also about food and food we always ate at home my mother cooked at home everything was homemade we had liver and sauerkraut everything that's popular today we Mm. we had all of our life we weren't allowed to have cereal we weren't allowed to have junk food we weren't weren't allowed to eat at mcdonald's or go to 31's ice creams and that wasn't the kind of thing that we were able to do i'm not saying we were never able to have you know sweet stuff but it wasn't really part of our life i remember i back then you on a lot of parents say this oh we walked to school well we did we walked three miles because that's just but if you really knew what was good for you that was probably the best thing for you is to walk to school (laughs) because you get your exercise in plus you're with nature and so she would always say well you have to go to we'd always have to go to school with a real healthy protein good breakfast Mm. and so we never went to school without proper eating and through the day and of course you know like all normal kids we'd like to sneak and get (laughs) get things of course you know that's just normal part of life and growing up so when I was 16 I went to MD Anderson Hospital and they had told me and my mother and explained to me that I already had dysplasia so dysplasia is means the cells are not in their normal state but it's not quite cancer yet so as a result I start going on all kinds of uh, research avenues on how to take care of myself. And fortunately, it has never stopped. Mm -hmm. That discovery odyssey has never stopped because if it's not one thing, it's another thing. And now that I'm older, I have more things to take care of because (laughs) the warranty is really over for me. And that doesn't mean that life is over. It just means there's more things to learn. And so, so my journey, uh, I, I knew I wanted to be a medical doctor when I was 16 also because I was in biology class and I had my teacher, Sister Frances Joseph, and in our classroom, we had one side of the classroom were all the desks, and on the other side of the classroom were Bunsen burners and very, very nice laboratory where we would do all of our experiments. And I would go, okay, I just can't see myself in a laboratory Bunsen burners doing chemical experiments every day. I just like can't see myself. I gotta find a career that I can actually talk to people because that's what I like to do. So anyway, I go, okay, I can become a doctor. So sure enough, I made that decision. I'm gonna become a doctor. And that's what I did. Went to uh, college and then went to UT school public health. And then I went to medical school. And so medical school taught me the fundamental knowledge that I use today that I would recommend for anyone to know is we have to have fundamental knowledge. And that's what the difference that makes me in a practitioner is that I went to medical school and I learned the science of the body, Mm -hmm. which is constantly a learning experience because every single second a new discovery is coming Mm -hmm. out. And so, but when you have the medical knowledge, you can read the papers, you can understand the papers and execute and apply to your patients. And so my, my journey came out of a lot of different things, but I would say the turning point was the DES and how it affected my body. So just a, a couple of little specific things because all of these things, I, tell, I always tell people it's very, very easy to read a book 
it's a very, very different experience when you have to live the book. Hmm. And so reading a book, oh yes, okay, I got it. But in a living application with yourself or with the patient is a very different story. So beginning with my menstrual cycles, I have never had, I'm 63 now, I've never had two periods in a row in my life. Oh, wow. Okay. So here now I have to discover how I'm going to fix this cycle. But I would not only, it wasn't like I just had to fix the cycle so that I would have some sort of menstrual cycle because that is the normal that's the normal reproductional functionality of a woman is to have menstrual cycles okay because it's a it's a natural rhythm well I never had that but and as a consequence of that I had many 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 symptoms okay Mm -hmm. cognitively physically emotionally everything okay not that I uh, I, I learned how to control that because you can't become the PMS, you know, bad person <laughs> because then you inflict pain on yourself and someone else. So all I did is I, I had, fortunately, a very scientific mind, and I go, okay, i got to figure this out. So I'm like, okay. I start reading and devouring everything I can. I did go to physicians I was young, so I went to medical doctors, and of course the answer was the birth control pill. Mm -hmm. Well, if anyone knows what the birth control pill, the birth control pill is a synthetic estrogen and a synthetic progesterone. But I followed direction because I'm young, I don't know any different, and I took birth control pills. Well, it took me about six to eight pills different ones to get on because they all negatively Uh affected me okay 10 pound weight gain acne blow all kinds of different symptoms so I finally got on a birth control pill that worked well then once you start reading about birth control and anyone out there listening read the book the pill problem I know people have a, a, a they just take pills every day all day long birth control pills every day and I know that's sometimes a good quick answer for a 21 year old or an 18 year old or whatever age they are and they're sexually active they need something quick and easy and for sure so uh, I know that but at the same time if you I always tell patients if you do something bad eat something bad take a pill that's bad you have to counteract it with something to balance Mm -hmm. it okay so so that's what all of us need to do whether it's me you or anyone out there listening we need to know what we are, are doing to our body. We really need to understand that in a very conscious way. And we do everything subconsciously, unconsciously, and not think about, oh, well, what are the ramifications of that? And we need to all think about what are the ramifications of everything that we're doing so we can enhance the well-being and inner peace of our body. And so anyway, I took the birth control, went through that saga, and then I discovered progesterone natural progesterone in an injection form this is a long story but I think it's important part for people to understand that I just don't come from reading a book and reading scientific articles I come from truly understand health challenges Mm -hmm. so I discovered progesterone well I thought 
it was the most miraculous thing, one of the most miraculous things that I could have experienced because here I now do not go through insanity with my system every single month not having a cycle, meaning I physically, mentally, emotionally, in every way, on all levels, had terrible symptoms because the hormone system is what rules your body every single minute of every day. I can't even tell you how critical and important it is, and it's undermined every day because people just don't, doctors and practitioners don't understand the complexities of the whole endocrine system. So anyway, and I'm young, so I start giving, it only existed in an injection form at that time, so here I'm giving these very thick, aqueous, oily injections, so they're, it's not like it's fun experience, <laughs> all right, but in hours I am a different person okay Mm, once I get the progesterone in I am literally a different human being I mean every system in my body started going okay you are all are getting in alignment now it was unbelievable so I did that for many years until a pharmacist in Texas talked to me about progesterone because you have to understand that back then getting knowledge you just have to call and talk to people there wasn't internet there wasn't there wasn't internet google you know you know all kinds of mechanisms that communication mechanisms that we have today it was truly okay go talk to this person go talk and then whatever landed in your pathway at the time is how you so i remember uh, he owned a pharmacy and i met him at an anti-aging conference many many years ago and he told me, oh, my God, you're giving yourself injections. Because I did for years and years and years. And this was, was this pre-med school, during med uh, school? No, after, after medical school. After med school, okay. Yeah, okay. after medical school when I found it. And so anyway, uh, he goes, oh, my God, you're giving yourself injections? Because it would only last like five days, right? Five to seven days. So he says, oh, my God, let me send you time-release progesterone. I go, no, you don't understand. I need to have stability in my life. I need these injections. It's the only thing I found that worked. Well, sure enough, he overnights me this time-release progesterone. I try it, and I'm like, oh, my God, this works. Mm, Oh, my God, this is phenomenal that I don't have to give myself a shot now. I can do, you know, Mm. time-release. Because it was like a natural bioidentical hormone. Mm. Exactly. So granted, yes, I would love the fact that my body would do its own thing and make its own thing but it never has and I have you know I always tell people it might not be your fault but it is your problem you got to deal with what you got okay like if you want brown eyes and you if you have brown eyes and you want green I can offer you really only green contacts okay so that's just the way it is so it is what it is and it's not like I'm not open to many other things but that's what I found worked for me Mm -hmm. all right then I, because I didn't have regular menstrual cycles, I could not get pregnant, right? So I had a great friend who was an OBGYN, and she goes, okay, Learn, I'm going to give you some fertility medications, and let's see if you can ovulate. Well, even on the fertility medications, I wasn't ovulating. Here I am doing a scientific experiment every day in my bathroom to see if I'm ovulated, and because the kits were way complicated long, long, 30 some odd years ago. And so here I am every day checking, is it the day? Is it the day? Is it the day? Okay. 
Well, after many, many, many months of arduous testing, you know, it wasn't working. So she goes, oh, Leon, you need to go and see an infertility specialist. So I go, okay, because one day I will tell you um, that I wanted to have children. Before, I was focused on my life and my career and being a doctor that I really, uh, kids, you know, didn't come into my journey. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, one day I was possessed with the desire to have a child. So literally possessed and it became my, you know, by my whole mission was to have children. Well, I went to these infertility doctors. They were really good infertility doctors and they put me on a regime. I, you know, got pregnant with triplets the first time. Oh my gosh. Yes, I got pregnant with triplets. Um, and then, uh, well, unfortunately, those babies weren't growing, so mm. they had to do a DNC, which was successful. And I know most women would fe- would feel like totally devastated, uh, but a miscarriage is that it's not supposed to happen, mm-hmm. and we have to take it like that. Um, and so, uh, I took that's how I processed it and said, okay, that was just uh, a first attempt. Now let's, you know, get ready for the next thing. So sure enough, I skipped a month, gave myself body arrest, and then I tried the next month and got pregnant uh, with my oldest child. And then I waited a few years, and um, I had to, you know, I wanted to get pregnant because I wanted two children. So sure enough, here we go again with going through I went straight to the infertility doctors because my body was unable to go through a normal menstrual cycle and so therefore I get pregnant and I have twins and unfortunately the pregnancy I was healthy um, but there was an error in the doctors when they performed the uh, epidural which is the, re- the reason why they gave me an epidural is because I had twins and they said we need to be prepared in case there were any kind of things. Well, anyway, the epidural medication, I'm not going to go into details, went into my the epidural space. It went around to, to my body as opposed to the epidural space oh, no. and caused, yes, pharmacological complications. And uh, it was a very, very bad experience where I had to tell them to stop the whole process because I was having so many pharmaceutical complications from the medicines that they were giving me for the epidural. So, of course, my doctor just kind of stopped everything to say, okay, let's just kind of let this pass. So then he said, Learen, just get let's get baby A out. And so baby A was my daughter. So they get baby A out, and at that time, though, I'm already traumatized from the medicine. They're trying to show me the baby. Ugh. Well, then the baby, my the my daughter doesn't look right because I my eyes aren't working. You know, everything's not working because I had eye eye issues, uh, auditory, all my sensorial issues were all off. Anyway, so then they tried to do what they call aversion, which is a turning of the baby into the vaginal canal. And uh, with ultrasound, with baby number two, and they were doing the version, but we had two doctors, one doctor doing the version and one doctor at, uh, uh, at, at the vaginal opening. 
she accidentally pulls the cord out. Well, once you do that, you cannot deliver oh a baby cord first. So then the baby starts going into fetal distress because of the cord. So they had to perform an emergency C-section without anesthesia. So <gasps> oh then I went, yeah. So then I, um, you know, they did, they, they opened me up and it was the same time that Nicole Simpson um, was being, you know, her all of her pictures on the TV screens where the knifings were taking place. And I was like, oh, my God, that's terrible. <gasps> this I know is exa- the worst experience. I, I know, I know. And I said, I know exactly. Like, like, can you imagine? This is just, I can imagine because they just caught me open the same way. And so, anyway, finally, after they get the baby out, they, they can give me anesthesia to finish. Well, what happens when women go into shock, they develop something called Sheehan syndrome. Okay. And Sheehan syndrome is where the pituitary goes, except for shock. So after I have the babies, for five to seven years, I can't get my body back in order, okay? So I went to many, many doctors, many doctors, the best, I mean the best, I traveled, I went, visited, and none of them could literally figure what was going on. This was 26 years ago plus. None of the doctors, they were like, well, I don't know. Well, maybe we can try this and maybe we can try that. And I was like, maybe, like what? Mm -hmm. So anyway, I took my health in my own hands and I go, you know what, I've got to do this myself. I have to go a different route than what they're they're doing because I'm not making any progress. So sure enough, I did. I went to go visit all kinds of different practitioners, doctors who had been sick before, energy healers, acupuncturists, pulse diagnosis system, herbalist, everything. So I got partially well with all of those different experiences none with medications Mm -hmm. but just different different treatment processes and then someone told me about getting a pituitary transplant a patient came in and I thought wow I I don't know if she knows what she's talking about because that would be kind of rare so anyway I go meet with the lady who had it and I said so tell me the doctors and the doctor's names that are doing this, I want to know. So I got in touch with the School of Gerontology in Querétaro, um, which is right outside of Mexico City. And I, I decided to call them on the phone, and luckily I speak Spanish. And so I spoke to them in Spanish what they do, and I go, this sounds exactly what I, like what I think I need, right? And so anyway, I did some research, but back then research was not easy to do because there's, again, there isn't the communication web there is today. Mm -hmm. And so I do lots of talking to people, do this, all kind of things. So finally, I'm desperate um, because from what I felt like before my pregnancy, I was off about 50%. So I decided to go for it and go get a pituitary transplant, a pituitary hypothalamic transplant. So sure enough, I go there in airplane and, and, and 
driver and donkey and buggy and all kind of things oh to get there because it was a little you know I wasn't sure but anyway it was very very the doctor that came to visit me in the place where I stayed was very professional and wonderful and then the next day I went to the clinic which was just impeccable clean and wonderful and the people were fabulous and uh, so I the next day within 24 hours of receiving the um, procedure I thought a miracle had happened <gasps> oh my god my life came back and uh, it was all restored and I felt like I'm like okay I got everything back I always tell people like you need everything to work right mm-hmm. and and when you go to a doctor they don't necessarily know everything that's broken mm-hmm. so you got to keep researching and researching and researching to figure out like what could the answer be things aren't as clear as we'd like them to mm-hmm. be and that's what makes you makes you more enlightened is that you keep searching and searching for answers and we don't search for answers of something we don't have we're just not prompted that way mm-hmm. we're always prompted when we're faced with a serious challenge whether it's a child whether it's an illness yourself or whatever so um anyway that was a outrageously life-changing thing um then i had a uh you know several things along the way but my most recent experience was part of the side effects of the drug that my mother took in utero was an anatomical problem called scoliosis and scoliosis is curvature of the back so they told me when I was in medical school that I needed surgery and it would be a year out of my life well I didn't want to do that didn't have time for that and so uh, 40 years later I decide to get surgery on my back because I had a quite a bit of a curve it wasn't Mm -hmm. a small curve that maybe a lot of people may have but this was you know seriously anatomically um uh you know very very um serious Mm -hmm. and 30 years of pain yeah yeah pain and discomfort and just constant well constant work on it Mm -hmm. so there I spent just trying to manage and trying to manage it so I do there wasn't anything I didn't do I went here there yonder shots procedures acupuncture chiropractic energy work I mean you name it I went and did it okay stem cells there wasn't anything because it's like okay I'm gonna learn from this okay I never looked at things like oh my god this uh, you know this I'm just tired of all this and no I just like okay I haven't God has not presented the answer yet Mm -hmm. what is the invincible solution and so like I always tell every patient do not become your problem do not own your problem it's a learning episode in life for you to bless someone else Mm -hmm. and so I can't bless other people if I haven't experienced it you can't read about something you have to live it in order to help someone else because your capacity to help them is not going to be that great because you haven't lived it and so anyway um I researched doctors all over the world to uh, find out because back surgery, most back surgeries in the United States fail. Oh, God. And um, so I needed to find uh, someone that had the genius seed of this uh, body reparation. 
And so, and my surgery wasn't like a small little thing. It wasn't like a little disc or a little that. It was a little bit of everything. And so I had major reconstruction, 18 hours in two different, one was 14 hours in April last year and four hours in July. And here we are now a year and a half, almost a year and a half, not mm-hmm. quite year and a half in recovery, but a year and three months. And I'm still recovering, but I am every day I make more progress every day. Mm-hmm. And um, and you prepared for that surgery yeah, like three a months. Year, oh, like three months in advance. Okay. Three months. Well, I prepared for the surgery two years in advance okay. because I was in like exploration and is this the right thing and should I do this because I was, you know, you're fearful of doing this and then God took away the fear, like I'm gonna do it, okay? Put a date, and I've never taken off time in my life, in my whole life. I've never taken off any length of time ever uh, for vacation or anything. (laughs) So I was like, whoa, that's even scary for me to do something like that, much less go and have a surgery in another country, Germany. And so sure enough, uh, I did, and the surgery, let me tell you, um, was, beyond anything you can imagine because I couldn't even walk after the surgery and every day I got better though you know and it was teeny 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 tiny steps of getting better you learn how to be humble and you learn how to submit and surrender to a process Mm -hmm. and every day I learn that all the time because we're never we are we're never going to stop learning there's always going to be in challenges, but your greatest darkness is your greatest asset. Mm-hmm. I love what you always say, you're, let your mess become your message. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, that's a long story. <laughs> but I think, I really think people need to hear that a lot of things health-wise have happened. I don't, I didn't just come out Mm-hmm. all okay and everything great and wonderful yeah. and it you're didn't... not you're not preaching to your patients you got to put in the work and you've never had a serious health condition right. I think you've had more serious health conditions than, most, than people. most of your patients yeah, most of my and I always say that and I'm like though so that's why I'm capable also yeah. <laughs> of helping people mm-hmm. in more in a fast track way too because I have experienced lots and mm-hmm. lots of different challenges and and I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm just highlighting uh, some of the big stuff. Yeah, yeah. There, there are a lot of the things that that have happened, and uh, it's, but it's, it's, it's definitely taught me how to practice medicine, understand the science and art of medicine, and how much all of us need to learn, like mm-hmm. all of us, whatever. Like my field is medicine, but. And it's a never-ending process, never-ending, and uh, which makes it also so exciting. And then it also gives me an invaluable purpose. Yeah. So now, as you were going through med school, were you because you had so many health concerns? Is that where you started to think, okay, this one approach to medicine, this conventional, you know, Western approach to medicine, isn't answering? all my questions. Was that kind of what helped sparked you into integrative medicine or how did you get on that path? Well, I got on that path because, okay, one, I was always kind of, I mean, because I grew up like natural. I mean, we didn't, 
you know, we played outside and, and slept outside and caught lightning bugs and did just things with nature. And we ate at home. We ate foods that my mother cooked. Okay, so I grew up. Mm-hmm. Like today, people just, they go out all the time. They eat packaged foods. And they, like, we never had anything like that, fortunately. But when I went to medical school, it was all about, like, study, 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 study. Learn, 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 study. Then training was all about study, take care of people, study, take care of people, take care of crises all the time because in a hospital, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But then when I when I started out on my own, I went to an interview with a clinic in Beverly Hills, and it was a smoking cessation clinic. And it was how to you know quit smoking, and that's like a top, very, very tough thing to do. So I go, oh, I'm just going to go check this out. This looks very interesting. I want to know about this because both of my parents smoked. And so because smoking was fashionable, yeah, it was yeah. like it was advertised in medical journals that, you know, I smoking's know. good. That's sort of the disconnect there. Like yeah. we eat all natural, but we smoke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so anyway, but back then it was like that was just a it was very fashionable. That was like what everybody did. If you mm-hmm. look at all the old movies, there was no reason for concern. Right. Exactly. No. So. So anyway, um, I went to this interview, and the manager said, oh, my God, you need to meet um, the medical director. He's in Texas. I want, I'm going to have him fly down. So he flew down to meet with me, and he started teaching me things about, you know, nutrition and how to, how to teach people to eat right and how to, um, like, how to metabolically, endocrinologically deal with their system and how to, you know, the blood work, blood work you need to order and think about it. And you should always have a nutritionist in your office. And I'm like, okay, that sounds good to me. I think, I think that's a great plan. So sure enough, I first of all had to, my office was shell space, which means there wasn't anything in it. So here I became an architect uh, I had to pick all my plumbing. I had to pick. So here I am starting my office. I've never done this in my whole life. So here I am researching phone systems, wallpaper, paint, all kinds of things that I've never done in my whole life. But it was kind of fun. And I was like, okay, I got to do it. No one else is going to do it. And I can't afford to pay for someone to do it. <laughs> so I got to figure this out. So sure enough, I, you know, I did have someone to do the space design. But after that, I did everything myself. And then I, I interviewed nutritionists and dietitians. And so I found this great girl who had an eating disorder. And she had, she had accomplished her, her uh, recovery. So I'm like, what a great, perfect person to mm-hmm. talk to patients because she gets it. Yeah. Either under eating, overeating, and everything in between. So sure enough, uh, I remember Ricky worked for me in the very beginning. We were a great team. And so I would, I would just start getting these patients and their patients because I focused on weight loss. So I go, okay. So then I, I started do, you know, treating patients for weight loss, and I was really good at it because uh, it, I just understood like all the hormones and the eating and the exercise. And I'd always, always, fortunately, exercised all, all my life. And so then, of course. The patient started telling me, well, like, you know, I only want to do things natural. I don't want to do medication. I'm like, really? Okay. Well, I got to start figuring out all these things that, you know, without medication. 
So then back then, though, there were no meetings. There were no resources on mm -hmm. how to find. I just started talking to all these, literally, different people. I Like there was a pharmacy in L.A., and they were, um, you know, pharmacy sell drugs, but they also had natural links. And so I'd like start talking to them. And then I started talking to this person and that person and started just started getting information. And then once you start reading, it just led you to all these limitless paths, mm. okay, where I am today. Still, I'm still researching and meaning because, but I know all the basic stuff that I learned long, long time ago, but now it's just the body and mind and spirit has become so advanced, like the miracle of the human mind, body, and spirit is, I'm in awe every day mm. of how incredible it is and how I want to convey that message because this human mind, body, and mirror is, is, is a, it's, it's something to be respected with utmost regard. And I feel like people, they don't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't know how. Yeah. And, and we now know so much, but it needs to be revealed to the world what we can do to take care of ourselves. And all, most of it is, what we do, mm -hmm. what each of you, each person, self-care is going to be the new health care, mm. okay? Because we don't have enough time, money, and energy now and resources to resurrect the illness around the world, okay? Yeah. And the United States ranks 43rd in the world. Which that, is just absurd. You can't even wrap your head around you that. You can't wrap. I mean, it's ridiculous. So third world countries doing nothing is better than doing something. Yeah. And so, so, and we're in the third year where life expectancy has gone down. We need to look at the paradigm of what we're doing and the public health safety that we're supposed to be doing. It's not working mm -hmm. because 50% of the population has a chronic medical problem. And several years ago, I read that there were 10 prescriptions every for every man, woman, and child in the United States. That they were taking daily. That they were taking. Oh, wow. So that's serious, mm -hmm. that we have to take a medication to correct a five-year-old or eight-year-old or whatever. And uh, yes, medication is sometimes very necessary, but we use the medicines in an emergency way and then teach our patients lifestyle intervention so their, their body gets back into homeostasis. Mm -hmm. And so medications, people don't realize whether they're over the counter or whether they're prescription, they're all toxins mm -hmm. and they're going to have one or a hundred side effects or things that you may not feel. You, they're they're happening right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're happening on a microscopic level. Mm -hmm. uh, the biggest thing that it does silently is kill your mitochondria. Mm -hmm. So your mitochondria are the powerhouse engines of your cell that give your body ATP, the currency of life. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, as a result, we are just saying yes to things without looking at what 
the doctors need to know about it, but also more importantly, our job as physicians is to give proper informed consent Mm -hmm. to the patient. Look, it may do this, it may do that, it may whatever. I mean, we need to do that. Oh, we yeah. should be we should be doing that. And and there's something in science called the precautionary principle. I am big big fan of precautionary principle. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably much more adamant and passionate about it than the average person because I see I I always say I wanted to write a book called One Little Drug, and how one little drug completely changed my existence with you know many 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 health issues and challenges mm-hmm. in utero where today they give patients in medications pregnant women medications all day long and no one thinks about the consequences of a medication i was listening to a lady psychiatrist now she practiced uh, conventional psychiatry and she was writing prescriptions all day long to pregnant women. Oh, my goodness. And so about 12 years ago, she decided that she would never give another drug again. And she completely transformed her practice from a conventional medical practice to an integrated practice, mm-hmm. meaning you know, getting away from the conventional prescription process. Mm-hmm. Conventional medicine has great value because that's how I know when a patient's in danger or not mm-hmm. is that conventional knowledge and that conventional workup that you do on a patient. So, um, but our treatment and prescriptive processes need to enhance the well-being of the patient as opposed to take away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, I think the biggest distinction between conventional and integrative is Conventional very much oftentimes has a, first of all, wait until it's a big problem and then address it versus prevention. And then number two, treat the symptoms, not find the root cause and then work to actually heal it. Right. Exactly. No, it's, it's just, it's just treat and not fix. And it's not a, it's, it's, they wait till the earthquake happens. We're not preventive doctors aren't even don't even know about really how to prevent it they've got to go back to school to learn how to prevent medicine we have to be proactive we have to be individualized personalized Mm, because your system is different than my system we may do the same exact things but part of that will work for you but it won't work for me and vice versa so we have to figure out what works for each of our existences Yes, there's some common things, like we all need to sleep, mm-hmm. right? Like we all need to sleep. Now, some people sleep better with nine hours, and some people feel fine on seven hours, okay? So we say, okay, there's some individual variability, but we all can conclude that sleep is like probably the most important process of your entire existence, okay, is sleep. Then we have to drink water because your whole body is water, and we have to have water, not coffee, not tea, not juices, but water, okay? Then we have to eat foods that turn on the biochemistry because food is information. Information to give our biochemical information in our body how to turn it on. Or if you do the wrong thing, it's gonna turn it off. Mm -hmm. So like drugs turn off biochemistry, okay? 
So when you take a beta blocker, okay, or an antihistamine or an antibiotic, it's turning off something that's supposed to be occurring in mm -hmm. your body. And is occurring for a reason. It's come, exactly, it's occurring to take care of you. But we're taking stuff and acids to, to, to um, you know, turn off something that's supposed to be occurring in our system. And so um, it, it, doctors, we all learn that way. Just like I always give the example. Years ago, Dr. Semmelweis was delivering babies. And he told all the doctors, and including his wife, who was a physician, we need to wash our hands. Not gloves, just wash our hands before we deliver the baby to decrease infection. Okay, well, the entire hospital administration and his wife said, you are crazy. This is a very true story. You can look oh it up. Oh, my gosh. Said, you're crazy. They castigated him. They extricated him. And 100 years later, hand washing gets instituted. Mm -hmm. We don't have 100 years. Smoking was advertised okay for 50 years. And then we learn now, and every package says this is not good for your health and it's a big cause of lung ca cancer. There are things happening today that we need to be aware of. We need to stop doing. We, uh, and we need to have countermeasures, et cetera, all right? And so we don't have, we wanna take care of the person today Again, we need to err on the side of caution. And you know, what is wrong with nature? Mm. Just what is wrong with it, okay? We, as, yes, we've contaminated nature. Yeah. We've contaminated the oceans. We, yes, we have, okay. Uh, but nature in itself has its own biological order, whether it's in the animals, the plant kingdom, all, uh, everything, it has its own nature, okay? We know the nature and the laws and rules of the human body. We know them. They're, they're written in the books now. And so we need to apply those principles in how we fix patients. Mm -hmm. and, we've been, and people have been doing things for years the wrong way. So to turn around individuals, is not a, there's not an overnight sensation. There's no magic wand. There's no simple way of doing it. So when you started down, you had that nutritionist, your patients are saying, I don't want any medications. When you first started diving into whatever research you could find, were you, were you initially thinking, oh my God, this is just so woo-woo. There's no science behind these, these natural things. Were, I'm surprised your patients weren't saying that because usually that's the reverse. I hear so many people saying, you know, there's a big misconception that integrative health, integrative medicine is not science-based at all, which we know now is just not true at all. All right, it's all science-based. But back then, I was reading articles that had scientific basis. Okay. So luckily, everything that was coming to my path, because that it wasn't something like I read in a magazine mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was, or the newspaper. These were scientific you know, journals mm -hmm. and scientific papers. And so... Um, and coming from valid resources, all right? So, and yeah, science and doing experiments is great, but unfortunately, all of us are experiments. We're all, because there's no one like you. Mm -hmm. Our fingerprint 
is unique to you. The We have a fingerprint of the body that is unique to you. And so what may work on you may doesn't work on the next person, okay? Mm-hmm. And you may have 100 side effects and the next person has zero side effects. But if you tell me, no, Dr. King, I'd rather die than take this medication, then I have to say, well, I need to listen to you. This isn't working for her, mm-hmm. all right? We know that when we you give natural substances, the side effect profile is significantly better and they do better and it works very, very well. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and it doesn't have the deleterious side effects that medications can cause. Yeah, uh, they, they cause... They cause as many problems as they solve oftentimes, which, you know, anyone watching a commercial for a new pharmaceutical coming out can just listen to all the disclaimers at the end of the commercial and realize what's going on. Whereas what I say so often with integrative medicine is, look, if it doesn't work for you, this, you know, natural supplement or this natural treatment it doesn't work. The the worst thing that's going to happen is maybe you lost a little bit of money and some of your time, but you're not going to end up with 10 other concerns. So it's worth trying it. Right. It's worth. Yes. And you and the best thing to do is a partner with an integrative doctor who has years of experience, uh, 10 years of experience. They've learned uh, because they call it the practice of medicine because I learned from all the patients, oh, Mm -hmm. this worked great, this sort of worked, this didn't work, Mm -hmm. you know, so forth and so on, okay? But also, we don't want our patients to be suffering with the treatment. So the cure can't be worse than the disease. And and so we have to listen to the patient. If the patient is complaining about 10 different side effects, and we need to listen and say, okay, that's not working, we need to change course. Mm And so, and I use medication sometimes because unfortunately, sometimes the patients are so ill that we have to use it or we have to implement other lifestyle strategies before um, they get well. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I just know that 34 years later, doing many, 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 many patients and lots of experimentations with patients, when I say experimentations, I'm saying, well, look, Let's see how do we get how do we get your blood pressure down? How do we get your sugar down? How, so you try different things because there's no one size fits all for every single patient. Yes, there's some overall rules that, but not everybody's gonna fall gonna fit in those rules. I know with patients with high sugar, it's amazing. They really I know people who can kind of cheat a little bit and they don't have high sugar. I know people who just cheat a little bit and their sugar goes up. Their blood sugar. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that means they have a little more weakness in that department, mm-hmm. okay? So so I tell them, look, again, it may not be your fault, but it is your problem. You gotta deal, you gotta deal with something you know now. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but people, you're right, people have a very, very, um, uh, they don't understand integrative biological functional medicine and what it is is getting down to the nuts and bolts of really what we all doctors learned in medical school all it takes is one physician or one practitioner to go to one conference and then they they can't go back Hmm. i have talked to many of the physician their ent doctors their their family practitioners, their psychiatrists, their ER doctors, 
And once they go to one academic scientific conference with other medical doctors, they go, a light bulb goes off and they go, aha, and they never can go back. Hmm. The only ones that might not is just that they have to go, they'll say, oh my God, it's too difficult to practice mm-hmm. medicine because it takes too much time and energy. Uh-huh. It takes a lot of time and energy to treat patients with biological functional medicine because you're doing lots of teaching. So you have to have a desire and passion to really transform human lives instead of you know going and saying, hi, how you doing? Oh, okay, your blood pressure. Oh yeah, it's okay, continue the drug, see you later, bye. Mm-hmm. Well, that's an easy visit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they have to change really if you if a practitioner wants to go integrative or functional, they have to change their whole structure. They're not going to have an easy time working with insurances. So the system is not set up to make that easy for them to do even if they want to, as you said. That's right. That's correct. So there's lots of moving parts and it, it comes from a true human desire to do things correctly. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and I know the standard of care is to you know do all these things fill out that chart on the computer on the electronic medical records and to give them xyz drug okay but like you said there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of articles on the validation of nature being just like medication yeah and now so many of the integrative high-tech treatments that are also non-invasive they're not harming the body that are just incredibly powerful many of which we have here at the center too right exactly yeah because you when you take care of a patient i don't want to inflict more pain and more discomfort in the patient we don't want to do that Mm -hmm. you know that's the last thing we want to do the hippocratic oath which is the doctrine of hippocrates which is the father of medicine is first do no harm and, and the other thing is toyo causa, which means know the cause, you know, get to the root of the cause. Have we gotten see, far from seize, that? <laughs> seize the root of the cause, you know, you know, I mean, root of the disease. And unfortunately, we're not, um, you know, doctors used to go visit patients at home. Oh, come on in. And and you you one you, doctor for your whole life he yeah, knew your one, whole, whole history he, he knew your whole life he knew your family he knew everything about you and now it's become disconnected detached uh the doctor's preoccupied like i said before and it's written up all the time because many doctors are committing suicide now because they can't handle the stress if you mm. just look over look at the suicide rate in physicians it's very high because the demand of what we're supposed to do every day to take care of people is really humanly impossible and doctors are very very smart capable people mm-hmm. but the system is is very very it's very unfavorable to them hmm. and that average person doesn't understand that but once you work in a doctor's office you see like the intensity of what's involved mm-hmm. and like yesterday for example I have a patient with stage four cancer and I ordered an MRI, which is conventional medicine, because she was having pain. Well, the pain got worse. So I said, well, we better do an MRI. Well, I was on the phone for one hour trying to get the insurance to give me authority to do the MRI. Mm, Wow. 
Then my nurse got on. Then they like, oh, they come back on and say, okay, yeah, da 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 da, and they're correcting all the paperwork. I'm like, whoa, this is insane. Where where's the care of the patient? We're not caring for the patient. We're just doing machinations of all the paperwork. And then they called back later and said, oh no, we got to start the whole process over again. Well, here I have a patient who's emergent, okay, and I'm trying to get an MRI on a stage four breast cancer patient. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, no, no, this is just not right. It's not right to me. It's not right to my nurse. It's not right to the patient. It's, this is, this system, how can this properly be okay? Mm -hmm. This can't be okay. But see, the patients don't know all this. Yeah. The patients don't know the inherent complications of what go on every day. Unless you work in a medical office, then you see how much is, how much, intensity is involved yeah so yeah so now let's get to center for new medicine cancer center for healing so you started how many years ago 34 years 34 years ago with you and a nutritionist yeah right and now here we are you have thirty thousand square feet of an integrative new medicine clinic and an integrative cancer clinic with some of the highest tech treatments a huge variety of practitioners so talk a little bit about that. How did you get here? How do you how did you choose some of the things to bring into this clinic? Well, that's a great question because um, I, you know, when you go to these meetings now, you know, oh my God, there's just so much to pick and choose from because there's something new, great and wonderful coming out all the time. And you're reading every uh, single day. Yeah, well, <laughs> you have to read every single day because like, I'm always afraid I'm gonna miss out. <laughs> my nickname, my mom used to say my I, my name was CBS because CBS was the I. Because oh. they would turn, when my dad was rocking me, they my mother would look around, is she asleep? my eyes would be wide open because I didn't want to miss anything. And I still am like that, okay? I don't care about movies. I don't care about, I care about what I'm going to be missing in the latest, greatest information, okay? Mm -hmm. And then I share that with everyone I know and anyone who will listen um, because I feel like I instinctively over now 63 years, I kind of know things, you know, you you come into a period of you're, you're, you're enlightened, you're knowledgeable, you have files of 63 years. Think about it. You have files of 63 years that give you that information to to assess things, okay? You know, we don't ask a one-year-old, well, what do you think? Yeah. Because a one-year-old doesn't have a lot of things, okay? Yeah. But even a 20-year-old, okay? A 20-year-old, I I really didn't know anything, okay? we It's just part of the process. That doesn't mean it's good or bad. doesn't mean you're not smart. Uh, yeah, I might have had some knowledge smart, but it's combining life experience with books and with ex- life experience, mm-hmm. okay? It's like being a mom. I, I think I could teach, I would love to just teach mommies how to like prepare for a baby and be the best mommy possible mm-hmm. because I now know after doing it, okay? And I used to babysit before and I used to think I know things, but having your own and going through the process, I think I know because what I, I didn't know just instinctively, I knew from like reading, I started reading like, okay, how do, how does this baby tick? 
I, yeah. I don't know how this baby ticks. I better understand and read. So I start reading, devouring books on like, do they like sound? Do they like hear? What do they see and everything? And then I learned all that. And then I applied it to my children. So now today, you know, I start out teeny tiny, literally, little office. And then as my knowledge grew, I, you know, started going to conferences and figuring out, you know, all the bells and whistles that we have here. And, and I think one thing, I, I do a lot of due diligence, um, a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm one of these people, I have to look at 20 different types of the machine to see like, well, why is this one better? Why is this one good? And then personally, I go and do everything. So if I want to go see a procedure in Texas, I fly to Texas to go, okay, let me check that out. I go here, there. So I do a lot of due diligence um, before I go buy a machine or think I'm going to, you know, bring it on. Mm-hmm. So, and then how, how much is, is it really going to help our patients? Like a lot? Okay, then this is great. So we can take, for example, hyperbaric. Well, we have hyperbaric oxygen here. Well, the first thing we all need is oxygen, but the whole body needs oxygen, okay? And in special circumstances, if you're gonna have surgery, you need oxygen so you heal better before and after. You need oxygen if you're gonna heal from a wound, if you have a diabetic ulcer. Let's say you had a diving accident, you need you need oxygen. If you have a radiation injury, you need oxygen. If you have cancer, cancer cells don't like oxygen. If you have a brain injury or some kind of thing like that, you need oxygen. If you had a stroke, for example, oxygen would be great because oxygen, we have to have the perfect balance of oxygen in our body. So oxygen is invaluable. I didn't always have oxygen, I have rubric, but I have had for, I would say now the last 14 years. Mm-hmm. So then uh, of course we, we have all different menus of intravenous protocols. So because we know that if we ingest something orally, we really only absorb 10%, whether it's natural or medication. So we know that with an intravenous that it's 100% absorbed. So if you have a gastrointestinal condition, that means your GI is not absorbing very well at all. So an intravenous cocktail of things that are gonna help you are the best way to go. Mm. So we have intravenous cocktails for gastrointestinal, the liver, different things to help heal the brain like NAD or phosphatidylcholine and all kinds of vitamins and nutrition. Um, We have intravenous for um, targeting certain cancers like curcumin, for example. Curcumin is the spice, turmeric, but it has like 14 different functions, one of them being anti-cancer. There's tons and hundreds of articles on PubMed Hmm. talking about that, whether it's vitamin C, killing cancer, curcumin, boswellia, quercetin, all these things kill cancer and the circulating tumor cells. So we have all different intravenous things to, and we search the world over to find what is going to help the patient. Mm-hmm. Um, we do uh, a process called endolaser. So endolaser can be used intravenously and, and topically. So laser's actually been around for how laser was first discovered was a child in Russia cut their eye with glass and they go, oh my God, the child has perfect vision now. 
So that's oh, how wow. that's how lasers first be- came to existence is that. So then they started studying all the wavelengths and everything. Yeah. So anyway, so now that's come a long way and we're even coming, you know, more advanced. So I went to a conference and this German doctor who had been running runs a clinic in over 25 years developed this un- unbelievable laser device. So he has five different wavelengths of healing wavelengths um, that can be given intravenously and or topically along with something called photosynthesizing agents. And those are agents that are all natural, like curcumin or riboflavin or poly-MBA, which is lipoic acid. And and they are to, what you do is you activate the areas of interest with light and then you use the photosynthesizing agent to destroy it. Mm. But it's all done non-injuriously and doesn't affect the immune system and it's beautiful Hmm. how it works yeah and the patient doesn't suffer yeah with you know Mm -hmm. with the condition i mean i mean in the in the process yeah you know so we always want to think is like how is this going to what what precautions do we need to take with our patients Mm -hmm. you know so uh obviously we have phenomenal practitioners here they're absolutely stars at what they do mm-hmm. okay uh the doctors and we have nutritionists and people who help with the psychology of the human being um we have practitioners that do ultrasound ultrasound is not that new but ultrasound um is a great way to take a dive and look at the body um whether it's ultrasound of your breast or pelvis or liver or anything but it's a great non-invasive easy way to look at the body before we or more extensive scans like MRIs and CT scans mm-hmm. yeah well and then and then you've got chiropractors right. you've got acupuncturists right. masseuse bioenergetic lymphatic drainages lymphatic drainage people everything because we all need all these different modalities when we have a complex patient like an Alzheimer's patient a cancer patient neurological patient we need a musculoskeletal patient. We need all these modalities to to nudge the body in the right healing direction. And so where I am now, I feel like I know how to research a device or a new treatment very well mm-hmm. um, and know, okay, yes, we need to have this. We want to be very careful on what we give our patients and what we treat our patients we don't want them to suffer permanent consequences like let's take the drug Accutane Accutane I've known which is a drug used for acne if you read can have permanent irreversible damage to the gastrointestinal system so we need to tell the patient that so they aren't surprised if something were to happen it's not a hundred percent that that happens but it can happen so I think we, as practitioners, say, well, look, let's try all these other ways to take mm-hmm. care of your acne mm-hmm. before we give you a drug that has irreversible potential side effects. Yeah, so. and again, ask the question, what are some of the underlying causes of this? Because there can be so many, just even for acne in particular. But also, right. one of the things that really, aside from just the sheer size and the number of amazing treatments we have here at the Center for New Medicine, Cancer Center for Healing, I think is twofold. Number one, the incredible collaboration 
across practitioners. Mm-hmm. Everyone is coming together trying to solve very complex Solve the puzzle things. of the human patient. Whether it's cancer or it's Lyme's disease or leaky gut or, or Alzheimer's Hashimoto's. or Hashimoto's, Crohn's, whatever it is. Everyone's working together. It's not just one brain. And then the second part of this, and I've never seen this anywhere else, is every practitioner here is so dedicated to learning more. And I know every, you know, every MD has to get their continuing education, but sometimes many of them look at it as sort of a hassle. They go, they sit, they don't really listen to the conference and you're reading and you, we all know, cause you send us articles every day. You're reading every single day. Most of our practitioners are reading every single day on the, the latest time. research, the latest treatments, everything. Right. And that's what it takes. But if you, if you really, we all have a, a, a divine seed and ours is health, okay? And like you said, everyone here is unbelievable in their desire to help the patient in their capacity, whatever. Like you said, a chiropractor, an acupun- like our acupuncturist, she's phenomenal. I see her once a week, okay? Um, they're, they're just so dedicated to getting to restoring that patient's health and well-being and that's what it needs to be about mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and it's it's just be- it's, it's beautiful honestly beautiful and you're right it's a i'm researching every day because that's who i am i it's it, we're it, we're all a work in progress and you got to study all the time your feel because medicine the information doubles every two years. So we're just really always oh, behind. Yeah, that's wild. So it is wild. We're always behind. And so we've got, we as practitioners though, like someone new be, may be coming in Monday that we better know, okay, how can we help them better? Mm-hmm. Every week we should know. And so as I started out with a very small practice and then I started learning more and more and more to what, we have put together today Mm -hmm. so we've really created this institute of health and healing and with all the disciplines and all the different uh, modalities that we have to share with patients and it is it is just one um phenomenal uh, experience every single day for all of us. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Okay, so now I have to end this on kind of a fun note. So this might be a hard question, (laughs) the hardest one you've ever received. But if you had to choose three treatments from Center for New Medicine, and these were the only three you could have for the rest of your life, which three would you choose? Well, one is not a treatment. One is an investigative tool. Okay. Okay. So I would say the most important thing uh, would be doing bioenergetic testing. Okay, which I thought long time ago was, was a little out of my comfort zone. I was like, whoa, this is something else. And then I remember when I first learned about acupuncture 30 plus years ago, I was like, oh, this is like, this is woo. So anyway, and then after I did my first acupuncture treatment with this girl, I'll never forget, I still know her name, still know her, and she's in Laguna Beach, I was like, oh my God, that was just like a drug. And so anyway, I said, so I gotta know way more about acupuncture, so of course, that's what I did. But bioenergetic medicine I learned about from a gentleman, at a, at a, he was at a big medical conference that happens every year in Las Vegas, 
called um, A4M, and it's an anti-aging, and thousands of doctors go there. And so back a long time ago, it was much smaller than it is today. And so they, he told me his story, and he was a gentleman who had sarcoma. Sarcoma is a tumor of the muscle, and he was 22 years of age. And they said, oh, we need to amputate because that was the only treatment for the cancer. So he says, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to amputate my leg. I need my leg. And so he just signed out against medical advice and went on an 11 year, not month, 11 year odyssey Wow! on how to uh, cure himself of cancer and save his leg. So uh, fast forward, I meet him at the conference. He tells me his whole life story. I tell him, we commiserate together. We tell each other our stories. <laughs> and he goes, well, you have to know what I know. And so sure enough, he started telling me about bioenergetic medicine and how it uncovers the energetic imbalances. Because I always tell people, energy precedes action. So let's say you have cardiovascular disease. You just don't wake up and have a heart attack and wake up and have, you know, heart disease mm-hmm. you, you you know you the body is so talented in taking care of you it is so resilient and fragile at the same time but it's so talented 24 hours a day seven days a week and taking care of you mm-hmm. but so but if we notice early things we talked about prevention and early detection it picks up things energetically which is things you can't see but if you look at the acupuncture meridians that we all have we know for a fact how scientifically they exist and we we look for those imbalances that means we need to get those imbalances in order so that will prevent things that you might see on blood work or on a ct scan just like for cancer cancer just doesn't appear in your body it appears very early on and um very early on and so we 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 can fix those little imbalances early Mm -hmm. so that would be something that i would be the number one thing okay okay probably number two thing if i had time to do it uh would be like to do hyperbaric like at least once a week Mm -hmm. because hyperbaric first of all makes you look really good (laughs) (laughs) so let's face it all girls are concerned at how we look every day (laughs) okay so it makes because everybody was oh my god you're concerned well hyperbaric oxygen oxygen makes all your cells happier let's just face it the concentration of oxygen saturation in the universe is a lot less now so i would do personally if i would take the time to do hyperbaric okay uh, then the third treatment probably would be an IV cocktail every week. So that would be my top three choices. Now, granted, I do take advantage of acupuncture every mm-hmm. week. Okay. I do love, love massage. And Natasha, who is a healer in our clinic, she does lymphatic drainage and massage. And she is unbelievable. Everybody loves her. Mm-hmm. Uh Anita does Equiscope, and we'll be bringing back Scanner in our clinic. Scanner is something I brought in a long time ago. I personally was interested in it to fix my back with scoliosis. And so I saw a practitioner in Los Angeles. So I said, oh, gosh, i got to bring this in. And so sure enough, we brought it in, and we had someone working here, but their mother got sick very sick and they had to quit working to take care and live with the mom and so i'm like we don't have anyone and it's not common yet here in the united states it's growing in popularity but i'm going to bring that back in 
the clinics called Scanner. It's a Russian device that also gets down to the electrical energetics of the body. Like I said, that's where, so you have a, if you know, a heart attack, cancer, pain are all bioenergetic blockages in the body. Mm-hmm. So we need to fix those in a fundamental level. We can't put band-aids on them, like give yourself a steroid shot or give yourself a pain pill or give yourself ibuprofen because all those are going to have problems Mm -hmm. okay create more problems and how many cortisone shots can you get you can't how many pills can you take you can't take it forever Mm -hmm. because they cause lots and lots and lots of problems so um and anyway but we have lots of things to fix a lot of different things here and we are blessed, all of us, to be able to use it here. You know, we have infrared sauna. We have um, nanobath, which is, I used to, I actually used to do a nanobath every week. Um, but I, you know, like I said, the top three would probably be what I just told you. Yeah. Okay. Now that I'm 63, you know, I could do something really every day here and, <laughs> yeah. not, and not really finish because you have all these little tweaks that you need to, uh, you're young, uh, but when you get to my age, you know, you have a little, you know, little things going on. And then because my, my situation is more special, I'm trying to get over um, a big surgery. So I need a little bit more care of my frame right now mm-hmm. uh, because when you go through that, you need more care. Yeah. And one thing I've learned from this, even though I didn't know it, I knew it before, but I've learned going through this experience. I go to the restroom in the morning, and the first thing we all do is go pee, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God. I, I literally get to pee. This is great. And I actually get to sit on the toilet with helping. <laughs> Oh my and, gosh. And I'm like, I'm so thankful, like for my bodily functions, like my digestion and my, I get to pee and I get to eat and my food is digested. I mean, I'm so mindful now of like every single cell of my body now and how thankful I am that it's working for me. And when you, you don't understand that until you've gone through a, disastrous process where like you've lost all function Mm. and so when that all comes back to life and when I walk down the stairs now I go oh my god I'm actually walking faster but I'm aware of that now before I used to run up and down and but now I say you know I'm walking faster I'm so happy that my body is coming back yeah and it's not it wasn't fast okay even and when you think about it, even doing all the things I was doing, it didn't come back fast. So I, I'm, I'm so thankful of every second that I get to be alive, and that my, I don't take for granted my bodily functions. You know, we just take for granted that we're going to wake up and be okay every day, mm-hmm. until it's not okay. Mm-hmm. So we need to be thankful right now, today, for every living moment. Yeah. And it comes in ebbs and flows. I think that's one of the beautiful things is sometimes we get in our minds that, well, am I going to have to do this forever? And but right. really, it's just, you know, there's going to be times when our body needs a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of care, a lot of attention, a lot of really specific treatments. And then there's going to be times where it needs less. Maybe it needs nothing additional. And so 
just coming into life with that mindset of it comes in ebbs and flows. And if we want to be at our optimal mental, physical, emotional, spiritual health, we have to sort of be able to recognize those moments and recognize, you know, right now is a moment where I'm a little weaker and I'm going to need a little bit more. And you give it to yourself and you give yourself permission to have that and you don't take it as I'm inherently broken. And I'm weak. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like sleep. Like sometimes I say, oh my God, I slept nine hours. Well, okay. That's the best thing you could possibly do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but a lot of people go, oh no, I slept too much. I'm like, no, you didn't sleep too much. You slept the right amount. Mm. But you're mad at yourself because you slept too much. I'm like, no, you couldn't. You, you don't understand. Just read the book, Why We Sleep, and you'll see like how it's somewhat, it's medication mm-hmm. to yeah. sleep. Yeah, and what I, another beautiful thing about the centers is that the practitioners aren't telling the patients, you know, oh, you have diabetes, we don't know why you have it, here's a pill, go on your way. You know, you're really educating them and then empowering them. Yes. Here's how you can take your health into your own hands. You're not just a victim of chance. You really do have so much power and we're going to be the ones to help give you this knowledge and we'll partner with you, but you're definitely going to play an active part in your health. Totally. We are a partnership. The, I always tell the patients, we're a partnership, so don't make me look bad. <laughs> <laughs> because... I'm like you said. We're we are teachers. We're 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 educators. That's what doctor means to do is to teach. Docere from the Latin word mm. docere. So it is to teach and empower, and inspire, and but the patient does have to be a good student. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you guys, you definitely make it easier for them to <laughs> be true. that because you give them we the information them. they need. We love yeah. the patients. Yeah. We ever, we, one thing here, this is the most loving clinic you could ever go to. Mm-hmm. I think everyone feels that when they walk through the doors. Well, Dr. Keneally, thank you so much for giving us your time. This may be one of the most in-depth interviews you've ever done in terms of your past and then the center. So I'm so excited for our patients and our audience to get to listen to this. Yes. Thank you so much. It's a great privilege. Thank you.